welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. 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 This episode is brought to you by Hostfully, a company that helps you make beautiful guidebooks for your listing. Make your own at hostfully.com slash pad. And as a special for Get Paid for Your Pad listeners, you'll get a free guidebook consultation after you make your guidebook. Welcome back, everybody. Get Paid for Your Pad, another episode. And today we're not talking to an Airbnb host. We're talking to a guest, a user of the Airbnb platform. Because I like to mix it up sometimes. I also think it's important to get the perspective of the Airbnb user because in the end of the day, that's our customer. And who better to talk to than somebody who's been traveling for over six years and has been staying at lots of different Airbnbs, who has lots of experience with with Airbnb as a traveler. Uh, He's from Israel and his name is Ali David. So Ali, welcome to the show. Jasper, thanks for inviting me. It's a pleasure. Pleasure to speak to you, sir. Um, You've been traveling since 2010, uh, just like me. So I'm very curious to know what your story is. Like, how, why did you start traveling and what, what did your life look like before you started traveling? Yeah, that's that's a question that that always comes up as to what, what happened with the transition. So I was actually an accountant before 2010, like the most boring style, a uh, uh, normal template life there is. Uh, and I enjoyed it as well. But, you know, sometimes when you stay in the same location for, for a long time, you get a little bit uh, with a little bit of thoughts of am I spending my life in the right way or not? And so on and so on. And uh, basically, I had a few attachments. Those are the things, you know, that keep you in the same place. Uh, basically, a relationship and a very solid career. And in 2009, I think I lost both of them uh, in pretty much the same month. Uh, and both of them didn't really work out. I got fired. My relationship broke. And uh, then I kind of figured out that I have a nice opportunity to do something uh, different and kind of make a lemonade out of lemon. And then I told myself, okay, let's, let's try something else. And you know, the internet has become such an amazing phenomenon that uh, you can now work remotely. And I basically told myself, okay, let's try a different lifestyle that I, I wasn't sure I'm going to do it for a long time, but, but it's, it's going over for over six years already. And I'm what you can call a digital nomad. I'm traveling between locations. Usually I stay two months in one place and change to another place. And that means I've been living in the last six years in more than 30 countries, traveled to more than 60 and, and lived in more than 30. Very cool. So let's backtrack a little bit. So you lost your job, then your girlfriend ran away. That sounds like a true love yeah. to me. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was, it was, but uh, yeah, yeah. It was a very interesting story and all in the same month. That's the, that's where I understood that it was a good sign well, of... Uh, was yeah. that a coincidence or were the two related? 
Ooh, that's a good one. No, they were not related. Uh, they were not related at all, but the timing was all in the same place. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about it like uh, I, I don't believe in coincidences. I'm thinking that when, when I had the two of them, the, the job and the girlfriend, uh, I was always thinking that I'm that this is not really the life I wanted, you know, in, in a way that I was kind of happy, satisfied with them. But I always told myself, you know what, if you would live your life like you really would want to live your life, this would not be your situation. And I think that in a way, when, when you, when you think about it, uh, things happen by themselves, you know, when you, when you actually know in the back of your mind that, um, that it should have been something else. And I'm, I'm very, very, let's say thankful that, that things worked out the way, the way they are. And, and, and that's one of the things that I always try to tell people that sometimes you can leverage the, the, let's say the worst moments of life into something very, very powerful because um, losing the things that define you and the most important things in life are actually the things that give you freedom as well. So uh, after you, you wake up from the tragedy, you actually, you actually figure out that, uh, that you're free. And uh, one, one of the things that people are trying to do, and that's something that I tell people when, when I speak with them about, about the subject is don't panic. When you lose something, our, our first, let's say, intuitive reaction is to substitute it. So, you know, I lost your girlfriend, you have to find another girlfriend. You lost your job, you have to find immediately a new job to fill in the gap. And um, sometimes it's good to take a deep breath and say, okay, I lost something very important to me, but I'm way more free now to actually do some things that were not even possible a month ago. And um, yeah, that's, that's the interesting thing about loss. It, it's, it's very painful, but in the same time, it gives you a lot of freedom in a way. Well, that was a very inspiring little paragraph. Uh, I, I completely agree with uh, with what you're saying. Um, I think that you know when when we go through rough times, that's when you know we get pushed out outside of the of the comfort zone. We think it's outside of the box, and that's where usually the best things in life usually come from those situations. Now that we talk about this this subject, I may recommend a, a book uh, by Ryan Holiday, which is called "The Obstacle Is the Way." It's one of my favorite books, and it talks about how you know an obstacle shouldn't be viewed really as an obstacle. It shouldn't be feared. It shouldn't be something that you want to avoid or walk around, because typically the obstacle is showing you the way to a better future, the way to something else, something different, you know, and, and, and in those moments you grow the most as a human being. So, you know, when you talk to people, you know, they often say, oh, you know, I, I lost my job six years ago or, or 10 years ago, or, you know, I got divorced or whatever it may be, something that most people would, um, would refer to as, you know, quote unquote, a bad event. But then, uh, as a result, they changed their life and, and, you know, something better grew out of it. So yeah. I think that's, you know, that's a really good, uh, really important life lesson, so to speak, uh, for, for me. And uh, I'm sure for a lot of other people as well. I'm happy it was inspiring. <laughs> uh, no, because I, I noticed that the point of, of loss is, is something that is very, very important. And yeah, sometimes you have to take life a little bit less seriously and, and things work out for themselves. So, yeah, exactly. And, you know, we can just believe that the universe just gave you a, a clear signal. Um, and uh, it, it basically the universe told you, hey, you should you should go travel. 
Oh, that's a good one. Um, yeah. I, I actually thought about it when you asked me the question. Uh, is it a coincidence? I never really thought about this before, but now, uh, you know, I have, I have some uh, things to sleep on tonight. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Well, you know, I've I've uh, I've been thinking about this. You know, I, I used to be very skeptical, where I just thought everything was random. And um, you know, I have a mathematical background, and so that's uh, kind of the most logical thing for me to think. But uh, yeah, I have some friends who uh, who always believe that there's no coincidences, and the universe is always, you know, putting things on our path and stuff. And even though I'm not convinced that that's actually the case, uh, I do I do recognize that it's much more fun to think that way. Right, it's much more fun to think, oh, you know, this happened because of this, and then this happened, and that's why I'm now I'm doing this, and it just makes more sense, right? Instead of yeah. just thinking, oh yeah, everything is just random. Yeah, someone, someone once said, you become what you think of. So in a way, whatever your thoughts are, it's basically the direction that your life is gonna take, and um, yeah, it makes you feel like you're a little bit more in control because you know, positive thinking leads to a positive life, and and the opposite. So definitely. absolutely. Yeah, no, it's more empowering. And since we don't really know, I mean, there's no way to prove either way. So we may as well believe what's most empowering and most inspiring to us, right? True. Great. So let's continue the conversation and talk about your travels. So basically, I'm kind of a boring uh, uh, traveler in a way. I'm staying for two months in a location, mainly because I work while traveling. I'm a digital nomad. I have two businesses. I have an uh, online language school that is my main source of income. Uh, I'm working on a cool project, with, which is a startup uh, map, global startup map, startup link. And on the side, I'm also doing a, a blog and a podcast about the nomadic lifestyle, specifically uh, called Become Nomad. And basically that, that kind of, uh, shows that, uh, you know, I go to a place, I stay for two months. The first thing that I'm looking for, and I have to be honest, I know, you know, this, this podcast is, is a lot about Airbnb. The, the first thing I'm looking for is co-working. For me, this is the deal breaker. Accommodation only comes in second because thankfully there is always accommodation. Uh, co-working spaces are places where, where someone can actually do some work. And by the way, um, you know, lots, lots of people who know I'm working and uh, are hosting in Airbnb are a little bit like, mm, you're going to stay here all day uh, working. And I, I totally understand what, what, uh, where that comes from, especially if I rent a place with someone. And uh, no, but so I'm most of the day, like the vast majority of the day, I'm staying in co-working spaces, get some work done. And then basically go back home to wherever home is, usually an Airbnb place or a booking.com place. And then, you know, just live like a local in a way. So my, my lifestyle as I'm traveling is not that exciting. And I'm just using the weekends to explore. So basically the weekends is where I just take off to another city and stay for, for one night or two nights before coming back to the base, let's say. So that's, that's pretty much my style. You know what's interesting? So when when you've been doing something for a long time, it kind of becomes normal, right? And uh, it's almost hard to to imagine that it's something that would be very exceptional or very not normal to to other people, right? And you know, it's funny because I hear you talk about how you now you know define your your travels or or your life as not very exciting and boring, but Basically, you've been traveling for six years. You've been to over 30 countries. You have an online 
uh, language school, you're working on a startup, and you have a blog and a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't describe that as boring, my friend. Yeah, I agree with you, but I live in this reality for for a long time, I guess. But yeah, I guess it's exactly that. When you live into a reality, for you, after some times, it becomes the norm. I actually noticed when, when I speak with people and uh, they tell me that they live in a place for the last 10 or 15 years, then I'm getting curious. You know, for me, this is an alternative lifestyle in a way. I'm always questioning, wow, really for 10 years? And what, what have you been doing here for 10 years? So I find it a lot more exciting now than looking at my lifestyle, which kind of looks normal to me in a way. So it's it's all very, a little bit funny. Yeah, no, I, I can totally relate, you know. To me, it's it's become very very normal to just jump in a plane. I mean, I just I, you know I just booked a ticket to Chile, you know, and and I tell people and they're like, "Whoa, that's crazy! You're just flying to the other side of the world." And I'm, you know, to me it's very normal. So I've experienced that as well, where where you know I I don't get excited as excited anymore as was when I first started. And so what I do is. You know, I make sure to appreciate and to be grateful for everything. You know, I, I, I make sure to look back and and look back at my my what my life used to be when I was still, you know, spending like you know ten hours a day in an office, just so that I don't get lost in sort of the just the hustle and the bustle of of, of everything and uh, and and lose sight of uh, all the things that you know we can be appreciative and uh, and grateful for. Yeah, I agree. I uh, when I compare the happiness I have in the last six years to uh, what it used to be when I was working in in the big accounting companies, then there's been a huge uh, let's say change. I, I'm 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 way better. However, I have to tell you that I'm also careful to recommend people to follow my lifestyle. Uh, because um, some people are usually they ask me you know the regular questions like. Uh, but how do you do it? You, you you don't have a home. You don't feel like you need a home and so on and so on. And honestly, I don't like, I, I don't feel like I need a home, but I know that most people do. And I understand why is it that a lot of people that started some kind of, kind of an experiment like I'm having, uh, found it to be, um, too much overwhelming and, and, uh, and actually, you know, very, very stressful in a way. So I'm, I'm kind of, um, even not trying to advocate for this lifestyle. I don't think it's the right lifestyle. I think it's maybe the right lifestyle for 2% of the people around there because it requires some very specific characteristic or a character that, that is pretty unique. So, you know, I found currently my path. I'm not even sure if it's going to be for the long term, but I think it will be. Uh, the more I do it, it seems like it will be. Uh, but I'm also very careful of not recommending it. So, because I know that it's, it's a difficult one as well, uh, for, for the normal person in a way. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, uh, you know, I think most people probably prefer to have a home and have, you know, have, uh, have some structure in your life. I mean, this, this lifestyle comes with a lot of challenges and that's what people f forget, you know, it's, uh, they, they look at, uh, the pictures of the beaches and the, and the cool, like, cities that we visit. But, um, you know, they don't see, you know, the, the hours spent at the airport, you know, when flights are delayed or are canceled and, uh, you know, constantly dragging uh, a suitcase around with, with your stuff, losing things. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, 
there's a lot of uh, challenges as well. Um, yeah. Also, when it comes to like productivity, trying to figure out you know the, a place that has good Wi-Fi, uh, a place to work, you know, get some local connections, local contacts. I mean, finding a gym, getting a SIM card. I mean, there's a there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of logistics. Like I spend a lot of time on logistics, just figuring out flights, accommodation, all that kind of stuff. But anyway, so I, yeah, I, I totally agree with with you there. But let's talk about uh, let's talk about Airbnb. So you've stayed in a lot of Airbnbs, and of course, as Airbnb hosts, we are interested to hear like what what makes a great experience for you. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, I think it depends on the person you are. Um, so. Um, you know, it really depends on who I am when I'm hosted, when I'm getting hosted, uh, or where I'm staying in an Airbnb place. And I, I noticed that, um, you know, for example, sometimes I travel as a couple, and when I travel as a couple, you know, the most important thing for me is that the quality is gonna be good of the place, uh, that there will not be any surprises, uh, privacy, and so on and so on. And then, you know, maybe two months after I can travel by myself. And when I travel by myself, I actually am interested more in the person from whom I'm renting. And I have to say that I stay long term. I usually stay on a budget, with me, which means that I'm opting in to uh, rent uh, only a room when I uh, uh, travel alone. And it's not only a price thing. I also, I actually, uh, recently I was in Kishinev in Moldova, one of the not so touristic places in Europe. And I stayed there for, uh, for a long time. And, uh, and I remember that I had two places that were costing exactly the same. One of them was an apartment uh, by myself. And the other was a room in a shared apartment. And I, I opted for the room uh, because specifically, um, for me, as a long-term, let's say a, a person who stays a little bit long-term, which is one month or maybe two months, uh, the, the the quality of the connection I have with a person or, or even the accountability and the ability to have a friend as I'm renting a place is very, very important for me. So as a, as a let's say, a lone traveler, I kind of prefer to rent with people uh, instead of being uh, alone. And um, I guess, again, that, that it really, really depends on uh, your profile of who you are while you rent. But for me, the, one of the most important things, of course, is the internet because, you know, I work online. So this is always uh, uh, something that is important. But even more than that is the feeling that I can trust the person from whom I'm renting and that there are good vibes. That's, that's basically maybe one of the most important things. Yeah, that makes a that makes a lot of sense. And uh, you know, what do you what do you pay attention to when you you're selecting when you're browsing through the search results? Like, can you describe the process that you use to find a place? Yeah. So it depends on the situation. So let's say in in the regular situation when I'm traveling alone, the first thing that I'm checking is the price. So I'm sorting the locations uh, by the price. And weirdly, uh, which I don't know why Airbnb does that, but you have a lot of dorm places as well there that are kind of bugging me because I wouldn't expect to find the uh, uh, hostels, hostel dorms in on Airbnb. I, I usually, if I go for those, I go for those in booking.com or hostable. So I'm trying to find uh, the places that have a, a room, one room, uh, a private room and uh, are the most economical, especially since 
again, my, my profile is a little bit different. When someone is traveling, let's say for five days in a location, price is not that important. But this is my life. I'm a, I'm a constant traveler, which means that price does become a priority when you travel free, 365 days of the year. And the price is definitely, um, definitely the mo- maybe the most important thing that I check before I have the opportunity to actually speak with a person and see if I want to leave them with them for a month. Um, so price is the first, uh, definitely the first filter. And I have to tell you, Jasper, the prices in Airbnb are expensive. And when I compare it to other platforms, um, I think, you know, maybe I'm a little bit paranoid, but artificially expensive because, um, you know, I, I did a little bit of couch surfing as a host and also as a surfer and over there it's free. So intuitively I would say to myself, you know what, if I'm renting an Airbnb, it's going to be in the middle between, uh, the places in booking.com and couchsurfing, which is free, you know, some kind of a combination. And surprisingly, and this is something that disappoints me a little bit, uh, when I use Airbnb, um, booking.com will always have a cheaper option, um, which is intuitively not something I, I, I would guess, uh, but, the, but, but that's the case, basically. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Sometimes uh, hotels are cheaper. Airbnbs aren't cheap everywhere. You know, it really varies per, from country to country. I remember, for example, I was in, uh, in Panama earlier this year and I looked at Airbnbs and then uh, I looked at uh, at some hotel websites and this one hotel website had a special deal where I could get for $50 per night, I could get like a four-star hotel. But then when you book it, you, you're not sure exactly what hotel it's going to be. But, um, you know, four-star hotels is pretty good. And then I was looking at the, all the Airbnb options and uh, I couldn't find I couldn't find anything for that price, uh, other than uh, other than a sharing a, a place with somebody. But you know, at that point, I, r- I really wanted to uh, to have some privacy, and so my choice was between a fifty dollar hotel room or like a hundred dollar apartment. Wow. You know? and, and then it's like twice the price. So I mean, I I, I stay in hotels sometimes. You know, uh, yeah. if it's I mean, if it's a better option, then it's the better option. You know. I think that when someone is starting out, staying in, uh, like lowering the price as a strategy makes so much, so much sense. First of all, you're going to receive more people. I do have to warn you that you're probably going to receive people with a story. And that could be a really interesting story, you know, cool people like me. Uh, but in the same time, you might receive people with the story that are actually so, um, on a budget that will be a little bit too, too much. I don't know, but I, 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 I do see price as a filter as some kind of a filter, but I definitely think that if you're starting out and if you feel like, uh, uh, you know, you, you want to book your place more, a good thing to do is to lower the price. And especially in the beginning. Now you reminded me of something else, Jasper, I have to admit also another thing. I currently in, in the phase where I am, I will not book a place from someone that doesn't have reviews. And like, this is, this is actually, you remind me this even before the filter, the reviews are the first thing that I check, especially since I stay for one month, you know? So I need to be sure that the, the person where, where I stay is cool. Uh, especially if you're renting a place with someone, it becomes so much more important, the ability to, to know that someone else validate, validated the person 
Um, so reviews are super important. And that's basically something that I would, I would tell the host, uh, do whatever you can to get that first review. Even if it's a losing thing, even if it's uncomfortable and someone is coming in a time that is not worthwhile and so on and so on, and the price is low, the review is very important. And um, I would invest in the first few reviews and then you can, you can increase the prices. Because if, if I have the choice between picking someone that, that has higher price but with reviews than, than no reviews and really low price, I know by definition that, that I'm not going to go for someone without reviews just because they have not been in the game. They would be the most prone people to cancel on you, you know, in the last minute and so on and so on. So for me, I, I don't like a lot of bad surprises. So the, the reviews is a really good filter to show me that someone has the experience that, that I need. And, I, and yeah, I filter now. The first thing I see is if you don't have reviews, I'm simply not interested in a way. Right. And, and do you also look at the profile of the host? Because I imagine if you're spending a month with somebody, then it's, I almost feel like it's the person who's hosting you becomes more important than the actual accommodation. Absolutely. Yes. If I stay for a month, I never book directly uh, without meeting the person before. So, um, because for me, it will be crazy. Imagine your life, uh, you know, if you, if you book for two days, then everything is cool. Let's say you, you're stuck with someone that is not the most amazing and kind of makes faces when you walk around the home and so on and so on. That's okay. You're telling yourself, Hey, I'm out in two days. But when you book for a month, uh, for me, it doesn't matter what are the reviews and whatever, I will find ways to meet you. <laughs> and if I don't meet you, I don't, I don't book. So uh, it can be either booking the first two days and then later continuing to book or even scheduling in a place, uh, you know, in a meeting place. And uh, uh, it's, it's less like recently, I, I'm a great believer that everyone should get their cut. And that means that it's less for me than to avoid the commission. For me, it's very important to meet the person because, you know, the chemistry is really, really important. And um, if I stay for one month, it's critical for me for, to either book it only for two days before I commit to a long term or meet the person in advance. Um, yeah, so definitely, you know, the, the chemistry is, is important. And I have to tell you, th there are some occasions, um, I never had a bad experience in Airbnb. All the experiences that I had were spot on amazing. Uh, or let me, let me correct myself. Some experiences were amazing and some experiences were average. And I don't want the average. You know, if I'm already booking an Airbnb, and again, Airbnb is more expensive than other platforms. Uh, on average, when I look at what I spent on Airbnb in comparison to a private room on booking.com, I, I pay more on Airbnb. So for me, when I do Airbnb, I, I want the extra. I want, I want someone that, that becomes a friend um, in a way. And again, it has to do with, with the profile of the person who rents, because if I'm, if I'm going to rent as a couple, I don't want the host to be my friend. You know, I want them to give me good information and, and uh, everything. And that's pretty much it. But if I'm traveling alone, uh, the host is very important for me. And that's, that's, uh, that's basically, like you said, sometimes it's, it's more important than the apartment because if you walk in a place and, and you feel welcome and you feel like uh, the person who is with you is kind of happy that you're there, it gives you a good vibe. And if you don't, and you feel like you're someone that is, um, uh, let's say, you're there because you paid and they need you to be there, but they would really, really prefer you wouldn't be there. Uh, 
I don't want, I, I'm not that enthusiastic about being in this situation. And, and I, I actually, let me tell you an experience that I had, I think in Prague that I rented a place, uh, uh, from a couple and, um, they were friendly, but very, very cordial. Usually I go out, I have coffees with people and so on and so on. And there was like su- super cordial. And I talked to the guy and we were sitting in the kitchen one day and, and he told me, you know, uh, it bugs me that we have to rent. I'm, I'm, I'm living in my, with my wife. We're, we're a young couple and it bugs me that on our situation economically, uh, we're in a situation that we can't live our life and we have to keep on renting, renting your room. And I, I totally see that, but I don't want to be in this situation. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be in a situation that, that it's only a financial transaction and nothing else. And the added value is very important for me. So, you know, it's either uh, until now it's been either amazing or, or good. And I'm opting for the amazing. I'm trying to find the amazing. Right. And so I think the lesson for the hosts who are listening is that, you know, don't neglect your profile, right? Talk a lot about your yourself, really make an effort to, uh, to give the, the guest a chance to get to know you from from your profile you you can put up a obviously a picture and you can put up some videos too uh I, i'm not sure if a lot of people know this but you can put up a, a video on your profile that then guests can uh, can watch i know i put up a little video but i've i've never had a guest actually comment on it or i've never had any feedback from it so i'm not sure if people actually watch it have you ever That's watched cool. the video no i never watched the video i basically for me I take a look at the profile, but for some reason, I'm not that interested. What I'm mostly interested in is in the reviews, because you can say about yourself, whatever you want, but from the reviews, that's where I know if you're an amazing person, if you're an amazing host, or uh, you're just cool to to stay with. And, and I think that basically for me, the, the reviews have always been, let's say, the, the winner here. And, and that's something that maybe I can recommend to uh, to the host. If you had a really good experience with someone that stayed with you, send them an email after and kind of tell them, hey, guys, can you leave a review for me? Because an, a good review that says this person was so generous, I had so much fun with him or with her is going to make a huge impact. And so I, I would work on the reviews. If I had to pick one ingredient out of the profile section, the reviews would be it. The reviews are the most important because you're right. It's more credible when someone else said something cool about you than when you say something cool about yourself. And, um, you know, I, I, I just booked a place, uh, in Santiago actually in Chile. And, uh, you know, I definitely looked at the reviews. I, I remember I was w- looking at one place and it looked really great and it was not so expensive. But um, the average the average stars, it was only three and a half. And so, you know, I looked through the reviews and some of them were okay. But then every, you know, sort of two out of five, one or two out of five reviews, it would either be the host canceled or it would say something like, "Oh, we we showed up and the host wasn't there, and we, we you know we waited for like three hours, and you know, and, and, I mean that's just a no go. You know, I'm I'm definitely not booking a place if I'm not very very sure that the host is gonna at least be there and at least take care of his, his basic, you know, the most basic responsibilities. 
Definitely. So yeah, for me, it's the reviews and the number of people who stayed. Like I told you again, it's, it's, it's a little bit not, not so nice to disqualify new people that have no reviews, but simply I can't take the risk of you uh, having your first Airbnb experience on me because I know that in high probability, those people are going to cancel on you. So again, I, I'm going back to the, to the point of if you're just starting out, do whatever you can to get the first uh, person to stay, to have a little bit of experience and the first review incredibly important and then prices can go up and you can you can increase your criteria and so on but those are the things but then again you know i'm only one person and maybe someone else is looking on other things so it changes right yeah and you know i think also uh it's it's important like the first couple stays like really go out of your way to create that five-star experience, right? If you have to buy like an, a more expensive welcome gift, or if you have to spend a little bit of extra time to, you know, make your guests a nice lunch or something, or take them out, whatever you need to do, you really want to have, you know, the first couple reviews, they, they really need to be like five-star reviews, right? Because, nice. you know, if you have, if you have like 10 or 12 five-star reviews or, and a couple are like four stars. That's that's not a big deal, you know. I I, I don't think because um, people people understand that, you know, not everyone is always going to leave a five star review. You know, some people think, yeah, five stars. That's that means perfect. Well, nothing is ever perfect, so I'll give you four stars, right? I mean, it's it's very uh, it's very subjective uh, the way that people people think about these ratings. But uh, but definitely the first uh, the first two or three is very helpful if if they're five stars. And also, I would say that, uh, you know, I, it just comes to mind that another thing I look at is I look at if the host responds to the reviews as well, because that to me shows that that person is really on top of, of their listing because there's not, it's a minority, you know, I'd say fewer than 50% of the hosts uh, consistently respond to reviews. And it just shows, it just shows that they're very, very engaged. Totally agree. I would just say that maybe um, do do I, I do think that uh, you know for someone who actually books places, if you create precedents, let's say for example, um, you make your uh, the person who stays with you breakfast every day. It might be a little bit complicated if you don't plan to do it for the next one. I'll tell you why. Because if I see a review that says, this person made breakfast for me every day, and let's say I arrive and there is no breakfast every day, although the, the, nothing said in the profile anything about breakfast, then I feel like uh, maybe this person doesn't like me as much as he liked the other person. So I would be a little bit careful with, like, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't change the process for the first, let's say, two. I would give everyone the same treatment. but uh, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's a little bit tricky, this, this thing about just being nice and being yourself and being super open and, 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 and giving help is sometimes enough. So uh, do know in advance that, uh, because I know a lot of people who are starting, they're so eager to please in a way that they're going to do go out of their way and they're going to pick you, for example, from the airport and so on and so on. And then people expect that if they see it in the review. So that's just a word of warning in general from, from creating a precedent in a way. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I didn't think of that. So if you are going to do it, then I guess you should tell your guest that this is something special that you're doing and you're not, that's not part of the, you know, what you normally do. 
so that or, ju- or just pick everyone from the airport yeah <laughs> yeah yeah or just give everybody that treatment but then if you're if you're gonna do it consistently then you really have to continue doing it i guess right yeah <laughs> yeah um all right cool what about pictures like do you do you scroll through the pictures in the search results or do you click or do you make a selection of listings first and then you you take a look at all the different pictures and stuff what's what's your process yeah, I look at the pictures. I have to say that, um, especially if you stay for a long term, you do understand through the pictures some things about the person. Is he smiley or not smiley? Like uh, you can kind of figure out the character by the, uh, let's say, the expressions in a way. Do you, uh, so for me, if you take a picture, smile, you know, so uh, people will understand that you're super friendly. Um, but not a stupid smile, like, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, but the thing is, yeah, I, I take a look at the picture because, you know, it's, it's intuition and, uh, definitely something that let's say that I would not book a place in, with someone that, uh, would have their picture as a logo or something like that. Although I think Airbnb probably forces you to put a profile picture, right? Yeah, well, yourself. yeah, you have to put a profile picture. I, I was actually referring to the pictures of the apartment, but you know, now, mm-hmm. now that we're talking about profile pictures, um, yeah, I do think it's mandatory to to have a picture up there. But you can definitely do a logo, but you know, obviously, a, a picture, a, a clear headshot with where you're smiling, I think is is by far the the best uh, the best option for the profile picture. And for the, the photos of the apartment, yeah, I kind of care about that, but less. Uh, again, because my experience is always about the person uh, with whom I stay. Uh, but uh, let's say that, that you know, you know why I care, where I care about the pictures when it can't go wrong. Let's say I'm in a relationship and I have only two days with the most amazing person ever. I can't get it wrong. And over there, I'm looking that, let's say, uh, everything is in place and uh, uh, because you have the expectations of another person. And I think that this is maybe one of the biggest fears of travelers, let's say of people who travel in a couple, uh, they're going to get a lot of fire if they get it wrong, in a way. So definitely for, for those people, if you know that your apartment is for, let's say, couples on a honeymoon and so on and so on, you want to make sure that, that the pictures are good because people cannot take risks. Me specifically, I don't care that much. I care more about is the apartment kind of okay? And, and that's, that's basically it. I don't have a lot of, uh, let's say, filters for the apartment. I do have to say that one big bonus for me has always been a garden. I like, I like places with a garden. And so if you have a garden, that's definitely, uh, let's say, a big bonus. Uh, other than that, I'm pretty much okay with everything. You know what, Jasper, one thing that you reminded me in, in many of my stays, and I find it a little bit weird. I don't know if I'm the weird person or not. Uh, there is no key to the room if you're staying and you're sharing an apartment with someone. And I think a key should be, should be there. And uh, like, just to give people some kind of a feeling of comfort, you know, that, uh, if, if you go somewhere and you want to stash money in, in the room before you go for the weekend and whatever, uh, to have a key is something that I would recommend if you share an, an apartment, at least give someone the option of having a key. Um, and other than that, yeah, I'm, like I mentioned before the internet and, um, and a comfy bed and that's basically that's basically it in a way yeah i mean for me uh the wi-fi speed is really important because you know and like you were saying that you're you spend most of your working hours in the in co-working spaces right 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, I do that sometimes too, but I don't want to be dependent on that. Well, also because, you know, I'm doing a lot of stuff where I need to uh, be able to, I need a quiet room, basically, you know, recording this podcast, these podcasts is, is one of the things that I do, but also, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to be working on some audio, audio stuff. So I do uh, video courses on Udemy. And so for me, it's important to have a quiet space. And, uh, and so I always work from, from the apartment. And, uh, and that's why I, I always ask the host to, to tell me what the speed is, the, the internet speed. Because uh, that's kind of like a, a deal breaker for me if it's not fast enough. Yeah, you actually reminded me. I have this application of speed test. And that's the first thing that I check at home. Like I tell people... I asked them, do you, do you have internet? And they say, yeah. And I say, can I have the password? And they're like, okay, that's weird. And then they see me going through the phone, like checking the internet. Some people find it a little bit, uh, you know, like, wow, this guy is totally obsessed with the internet. But uh, yeah, for the hosts out there, now there is a trend of digital nomad. And that's basically people, you know, work on, on the way. And for them, bad internet means no Skype calls and no calls with the family and uh, and so on and so on. So don't be surprised if a lot of them are just going to click their devices and going to run an application and tell you, oh, your download speed is okay, but your upload speed is not not uh, not in high standards. And that happens, and that's probably going to happen more and more. Yeah. So I've I've actually taken a screenshot. And something that I've recommend to all our hosts too, I've taken a screenshot of that uh, that app that you're referring to, like speedtest.net. It's called wow. right, and so and so I, I take a screenshot and I include it in my uh, picture portfolio so that people can see exactly how fast my internet is. That's great. I would stay with you, Jasper. If you if you had this photo, I would definitely stay with you. That's a good one. Well, you got to be fast because uh, I'm I'm not going to be in Amsterdam for very long. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it into account. Or I'll catch you in Chile, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> how's, uh, how's Airbnb in Israel? Uh, that's your home country, right? Yeah, I haven't really tried. I have to tell you that uh, I, I checked it out. It looked to me like there is uh, not that much supply to what I would actually expect. And it was expensive. I have to admit that it was expensive. Israel is is, is expensive country. But the Airbnb here, I think that most people are taking it into a boutique experience in a way, and uh, definitely not not my style as a traveler. Where, where you know, I just I just look for a place to to feel like a local in a way. So I guess that in Israel, it's not it's not as common. The the, the more high style places are are a little bit more abundant here. Host, I can't emphasize how important it is to share recommendations of things to do or eat near your listing beforehand. Your guests won't have to go through TripAdvisor, Foursquare or Yelp. They won't have to scratch their head and think about possible places right in the moment. I've been using Hostfully to create an online and printable guidebook to show my guests my favorite coffee places in Amsterdam. They use my recommendations and I'm getting fewer questions from my guests as a result. I've also included screenshots of my guidebook on my Airbnb listing as a way to differentiate my listing from others. So make your own guidebook at hostly.com slash pad. So a different topic, but what do you think about the Airbnb experiences? Uh, I didn't have a chance to, uh, to try it yet because in the last three months I've been in Israel. I just got here and I'm going to Spain uh, next week. 
So this is something that uh, that I do want to try. I think it makes a lot a lot of sense for Airbnb to expand to other realms. It it makes sense to and, and it was a move that everyone knew that they're gonna try uh, going after you know TripAdvisor and all those guys. So I'm looking forward to to checking it out. I'm also I I know that uh, by the way a, a related app is uh, basically Couchsurfing. And they also had a lot of uh, innovations recently with with some kind of a hangout uh, platform and so on. So all this innovation is uh, is quite ex- exciting. But I, I still go on the classic thing of you know just stay in a place. But uh, looking forward to testing it in Spain. Yeah, because I imagine if you if you enjoy you know spending a lot of time with your host, then you you'd probably also enjoy it, instead of seeing the tourist highlights uh you probably enjoy meeting all our locals who organize tours yeah definitely that would be good i usually do the free tours that you, you have them all over the place and you know wherever i go that's that's one of the first thing i do the city tour that is free and and yeah i i have to say that i use a lot the knowledge of my host that i kind of you know going back to the topic before i kind of I'm I'm kind of expecting my host to give me the inside information as well to prepare me to the city and kind of uh, you know I like the places that actually have the map ready for you with all the places marked and give you the the tour. Uh, this is something that is super nice and um, is extremely considerate, you know, to take a little bit of time and being some kind of uh, of a classic uh, uh, person that kind of tells you. You should do this. You should do this. I recommend this, and I recommend this. And some do it with such mastery that you you're telling to yourself that they should be, you know, they should be tour guides for sure. So yeah, Airbnb can go a lot of places. It's going to be super exciting to see like how can they stretch, let's say, the experience. And those free tours that you're talking about, like where where do you find those? You just Google, basically, let's say you're in Bucharest, you do free tour Bucharest, and then you're going to have the first result is probably going to be a free tour. And now this model is extremely popular all over the world. I think really in most of the cities of the world, they have about two uh, days. Usually, sometimes if it's a big city, they're going to have a free, three or four of them uh, a day. And they're free. And in the end, you kind of decide if you feel like tipping the uh, the person who gave the tour. It's also a nice experience and, and allows you to uh, to meet other people as, as you do the tour. So paying for tours, especially within a city, is not something that um, that I would do. Not with the abundance of the free tours. I, I, I recently figured out that they also have another model, which is basically when they give you the tour in the city, they show you the best places to eat, which are basically places that are being sponsored in a way. Uh, that's another way, but uh, it's it's nice and it's free and those guys have a lot of experience. So I definitely recommend, you know, just Googling it and, and finding it in, in its city. That's funny. That reminds me of uh, the famous uh, tuk-tuk scam in Bangkok. Um, you know, I remember the first time I was in Bangkok, you know, they have these tuk-tuks. They're like little you know, somewhere in the middle between like a motorbike and a car, I guess. And, uh, you know, these, these guys are surprisingly, they're usually more expensive than the, the taxis, but it's a, it's a much cooler experience to, to drive a tuk-tuk for the center of Bangkok. But then in some areas, the tuk-tuk drivers, they basically offer you the rides for free. 
and uh and then you know if you take one of those rides then soon enough you'll find out why because they'll literally just drop you off at like a jewelry store or like a tailor store and then you know they 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 try to get you to buy some jewelry or you know buy a suit they they come up with all this nonsense like they say oh you know today is government day so uh that means you don't have to pay tax on jewelry and it's like 20% cheaper than in Europe and so you can just buy some and then you can sell it in Europe and you just make money and uh you know they they have all these these stories that they tell you to try and get you to buy something because then they get a commission and that apparently that pays more than you know charging you for the ride nice yeah maybe maybe taking things for free is usually not a good idea the free tours are that's a that's one exception i guess uh, but yeah you should be careful from although i have to tell you also jasper airbnb I, I, the way i see it airbnb has an older sister which is couchsurfing and couchsurfing is is based on the free experience and it works out usually it works out really really well but you know if i have to make the distinction between airbnb and couchsurfing couchsurfing does have some bad experiences airbnb doesn't and that exactly goes to the point that you mentioned before as i mentioned you know it it's either good or amazing it's never bad uh, because uh, there is a money transaction and uh, nobody's using anyone else and so on and so on in couchsurfing um you might have bad experience based on this dependence and that's why people you know when they ask me uh, uh you know Ellie why don't you do couchsurfing i tell them no i prefer to pay if it's free it might it might be problematic it might put me in a position that i'm not so happy about or or feeling that i owe someone something and so on and so on and you know I'm, I'm too old for that i i rather have a transaction so generally in life i totally agree that uh, it's better to pay i totally agree all right uh, ali we've been talking for a while uh, thank you so much for joining us today and uh, for those who want to check out your website it's becomenomad.com is that correct yes exactly you pronounce it well becomenomad.com and yeah it's it's been a pleasure I, uh, once again i really thank you for inviting me and i think i think it's great that you also give a voice to uh, let's say the other side of the coin the people who are actually uh, staying in places because that gives you a lot of inside information as a host as to what you should do and what you should think about that's exactly right so thanks again and uh, for every, all the listeners uh, thank you very much and uh, next week we'll be back with another episode so see you then bye bye Airbnb hosts in the US who want to maximize their profit, pay attention because Everbooked can help you do this. Everbooked provides nightly optimized pricing, a comparison tool that shows you where your competition is at, and a market reports tool that gives you the bigger picture and tells you where the best places are to invest. Sign up now for Everbooked and use code GPFYP to get the first three months for free. Get paid for your pet. 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 Get paid for your pet.